You are listening to Mars Attacks Podcast, a member of Talking Metal Digital and the Cast Iron Ring. Hey, what's happening? This is Tommy Victor from Prong and Danzig and Ministry. Hey, this is Russ Lyon from Symphony X. Hey, this is Tim Ripper-Owen. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Kiskut. Hey, this is Kurt Winston of Down, of Crowbar, and Kingdom of Sorrow. Hey, everybody, what's happening? This is John Bush, and you're cranking it up on Mars Attack. Hey, this is Chuck Billy, Bobby Blitz from Overkill. Hi, this is Chris Poland. Hey, this is John Oliva, and you are listening to Mars Attack, so crank it up. Hi, this is Udo Tata of UDO, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. This is Vinny Apsey from Kill Devil Hill, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Let's do it! Welcome, one and all, to episode number... 83 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And here we are once again. Been about a month since the last podcast. If you've been listening to me or if you've been hearing me, um, it's probably been through the Talking Metal podcast. Been doing a lot of Friday Night Live shows with them. And those shows end up being podcasts as well. And um, basically, you know, I've been trying to get back into the groove of things, so to speak, here. You know, I've been, as as we've discussed on episodes of Talking Metal, I have been having issues uh, with my health. Uh, as of, say, 10 days ago, that's sort of been put by the wayside, so hopefully we can focus on doing you know, more episodes of this podcast. At least that's the idea. You know, last year was sort of a kind of a standstill, you know, just because of that, just because of not knowing why I wasn't feeling well. Um, Now we know. (laughs) I know what I need to do to try to stay, you know, uh, all right, to keep things manageable and, and move forward and... You know, hopefully, again, my goal is to appear on more of these, you know, to release more of these podcasts. Uh, The goal is also we're almost in March. Today is the last day of February. And we're going to come back with a bunch of classic albums, columns. The idea at the moment is this, is to reach out to a bunch of different artists, tell them, okay, these are the next four episodes that we're going to release comment on the ones that you want and we're just going to put these out back to back to back to back they do take a lot of work to put together uh but i'm going to do my best to try to get them out as continuous as possible and i know that a lot of people it's been one way or the other either a lot of people have said you know what i really love these episodes i really love hearing other people talk about these albums slowly turning off the the damn uh turning my phone off turning uh you know the sound on my other computer off so that so that it doesn't bleed into uh 
what I'm recording here. Uh, but anyway, I've heard people saying, you know, I love hearing other people discuss some of these albums. You know, they're great. And then there are other people that, you know, have told me, hey, you know, I'd prefer just to hear you talk about the albums and maybe, you know, uh, get some, uh, you know, get some clips of people that were involved uh, talking about the albums. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, drop me a line. Input at MarsAttacksRadio.com. That's the best way of getting in touch and letting me know what you think about not only that idea, but the show. Uh, we're also kicking a bunch of different ideas around. Uh, what I've done the last few weeks is really gone out and beefed up uh, the equipment that I'm working with. I'm actually using a borrowed mic at the moment. It is a Shure SM7B. This is a, outside of being a very expensive mic, at least for me, um, it is an industry standard. If you see any videos of Eddie Trunk interviewing people on his serious radio, radio show, Sirius XM, this is the mic he uses. If you've seen the some kind of monster um, a documentary by Metallica, this is the mic that you see Lars on the floor screaming fuck for, you know, however many minutes. So um, I'm trying this out. Uh, this is sort of a uh, wet dream at the moment. Um, I've mentioned in my alternate podcast, The Incoherent Ramblings of Victor M. Ruiz, which you can also subscribe to on iTunes. Um, up to now, that podcast has been pretty much music and, you know, music outside of hard rock and metal and, you know, talk about wrestling and TV-related things and movies and just me bitching about things. And uh, I think we're going to be moving away from uh, from the music aspect. I, I want to try to get this up on SoundCloud. Uh, you're probably going to see very few people, you know, listening to it on SoundCloud. But who knows? You know, I want to throw it out there and give people, you know, sort of an opinion to uh, go out and just listen to it and shoot the shit and interact with me about different things outside of hard rock and metal. And I want to focus Mars Attacks on, uh, you know, interviewing people and, and playing tracks from from time to time. Uh, if you're interested in checking out the podcast that I have done for the Incoherent Ramblings, you can go to victormruez.com and check them out. Or you can subscribe to it on iTunes by either writing my full name or just start writing the incoherent ramblings of Victor M. Ruiz, and slowly but surely it will come up. Uh, what else? Anyway, outside of this mic, we've added a mixer, a Soundcraft mixer, and I bought this off of eBay. I bought a lot of used equipment. I bought one new compressor, basically, and I have a Zoom uh, vocal processor that's sort of adding the reverb in the background. Um, I've had that for years. It's a Zoom 1204. I was I was working, if, if, if Harry Hurick, <laughs> who I have up on Facebook, if he ever listens to this, I bought that 
before getting married for the first time, and obviously divorced for the first time, but while I was working at First Trenton Insurance in New Jersey, and I bought that at Long and McQuaid, which is where I bought my first drum set back in 87, I had the choice of either purchasing um, the drum set or having my folks purchase the drum set for me or coming over to Spain that year. And everyone was saying, you're nuts, you have to go to Spain. I said, I want to play the fucking drums, man. <laughs> Hook me up. And that's what happened. Uh, so years later, thinking of Gene Simmons and Kiss Exposed and the next generation, uh, anyway... I went back, and, you know, I'm not even sure if it's there anymore. It's not called Long and McQuaid. I believe it became the Music Den, and it may have shut down since. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been back to the States in... Actually, we're almost in March. It's going to be almost five years, and it sucks. I'd really like to go back, but between the birth of my kids, uh, between us finally having our house redone and us being able to move into it uh, either in April or May. Just so many costs, just so much money just flying out the window. And outside of that, I'm buying equipment to, uh, you know, make my show sound better, uh, to hopefully make Talking Metal Live sound better and smoother. And, you know, I'd like to uh, start to monetize and make some money off of this stuff. So uh, who knows? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but anyway. So yeah, so the only piece of equipment that I really went out and bought so far is a Samson SCOM 4. It is a compressor gate. And I bought that brand new. I bought the mix board, which is, or the mixing board, which is a Soundcraft EMP8. And I'm astonished because this brand new in Europe costs close to 300 euros. So 400 almost, you know, very close to $500, let's say. Um, Brand new. I got the thing and I went crazy because it came in the, the original box, the original instructions, the original plastic, everything. So I started going online and putting the model in and and writing, you know, um, are there any reports of this being stolen anywhere? This, this, this is new, you know. The only thing that it has is stickers at the bottom saying what each channel essentially was assigned to, you know. So I waited a little. I did my research when I saw that it was sort of uh, cool. I started playing around with it. And it took me a while, and I actually called a Soundcraft in the, in the U.S., which is part of JBL, and they were really great. They called me back, um, walked me through a few things. I was using a uh, Samson MixPad 4, which I used years ago for my, you know, for, for recording uh, my drum set at home with my four track and trying to capture more of an overall drum sound, you know, without knowing what the hell I was doing, you know, as a kid. But I thought it was a cool thing to do. And and that's what I've been using up until now with, you know, with the Talking Metal Live shows and with a lot of these podcasts. Uh, so we have the SCOM 
you know, SCOM 4. I actually bought two of them. Bought a brand new one and bought a used one. And I'll get into the into why I did that in a little bit. Uh, bought an S-Gate 4. Because the guy that I bought the second SCOM 4 from, he was selling both. And I was asking, well, you know, what's the difference? And this and that. And the S-Gate 4 has a ducker feature, which I have not gotten to work yet. I've reached out to Samson and... Um, they have not gotten back to me. Essentially, the S-Gate 4, the, what appealed to me is, a, is the Ducker feature that it has. And what the Ducker feature does is if you have, let's say, an MP3 setup or an MP3 player or a CD player if you're going old school or, or whatever, uh, it will duck the music behind the talking channel. So... If I'm talking, the music will automatically, you know, go beneath my voice so it won't interfere with my voice. I often think of, you know, how Howard, while I was still living in the States, had, you know, tracks off of the Misfits American Psycho playing. And um, and the, the audio, you wouldn't notice the difference how it would, you know, that it would fade in and out. You know, it would just sort of stay at a level where he could talk. And, you know, it would automatically adjust once he was done where it would rise or whatever. I'm sure Fred or whoever was was doing that, but... And we have the phone ringing. One second. And we are back. My somewhat lame but friendly imitation there. Anyway, uh, so I was talking about the equipment. So I want, I want to get the ducker to work. Have not been able to do it. Hopefully, Samson will give me a call back. I believe in their products. I'm actually getting a uh, headphone amp by them as well. The reason for me getting two S-Gate 4 compression gates or compressor gates is to be able to, once I have the house set up, to have bands or people that I know locally uh, come in and sort of help me do the Spanish show that I do. I'm really sort of uh, burnt out on the show, burnt out on people's lack of enthusiasm over it. I mean, I've mentioned it a bunch of times, but I think if I can entice people to come in, friends that I know, people that I consider good friends to come in and just talk about music or talk about different topics... I think it could be a lot of fun. And uh, uh, basically what I'm doing is the idea of what we're setting up is two rooms that are going to be soundproof. Uh, one's going to be home cinema. The other one's going to be like the music room so that we can jam and do whatever. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll use that for some of those episodes and... Um, yeah, that's a ripoff of Talking Metal. I'm not ashamed to say that because they are a big influence. And, I mean, what cooler than what they did? I mean, I'd never reach that level. But what they did on that few show was amazing. Listen to that last podcast that, you know, that I did with Mark talking about that. And, you know, I don't care if people say, oh, you know, you're you're kissing his ass with that. Yeah. Fuck that, I'm not kissing his ass. I mean, I'm being very honest and blunt. You know, as a musician, 
you know, what cooler? I mean, check out, I always go back to the first thing that I was allowed to play off of that. Uh, check out their rendition of the track Overkill, originally done by Motorhead. I mean, very few covers have ever come close to being that cool, in my opinion. So what else? We have the Zoom Studio 1204, and we have, and I got this for 99 cents off of eBay. It is a Sonic Maximizer, a 362 Sonic Maximizer. I don't think it does shit, (laughs) personally. Um... Uh, one of the people that has been helping me out greatly with all this is Scott from Focus on Metal, one of my brothers there from the Cast Iron Ring Network of Podcasts. And the reason that I got a Sonic Maximizer is because he said you have to get one. It just improves your sound by a lot. You know, it. You, he said, you know, I can't tell you how important this piece of equipment is to our shows. So I went out and bought it. And, you know, there are a few features here. You can either turn the knobs, you know, up, down, or you can have the process take place. Right now it's taking place before the signal passes, and this is after. So, I mean, this almost gives you like a uh, telephone booth type effect. You know, um, so I like it before. I don't know. Again, input at, I almost gave you my work email address, input at marsattacksradio.com. Uh, I am getting an 861, I believe is the number. I saw it up on eBay for really cheap. Some guy had bought it. Uh, his Basically what he's saying is that his buddies told him to get it. He's a guitarist. He doesn't notice the difference with what he's doing. So um, he was parting with it. And originally, I mean, it cost twice as much in Europe brand new. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of buying stuff used because a lot of this stuff is built to last forever. I mean, how many Marshall amps and, you know, and guitars and this and that, you know, the, the good quality stuff is not built to use and, you know, throw out unless it's a prop. You know, or it's a beginner model, which is rather shitty. I also purchased a a phone patch uh, to take calls. One of the big concerns is that through Skype, the calls don't have as good a quality as, say, Mark has a phone patch. So the concern is that the interviews that he's doing with the phone patch sound a lot better than with... um, than, than with what we're doing with Skype. What I'm doing here is I'm, I'm trying out this Shure mic, and if it all goes down well, I'm going to buy it off of my friend who owns the um, recording studio. This was actually the recording studio that I was going to record in, for those of you keeping track. Um, he's flat out told me the only reason that he bought this Mike is because you saw that James Hetfield uses it. This guy is a, in my opinion, is a ridiculous producer in the sense that he sort of knows what to get out of bands and how to 
take their sound to the next level. The typical thing here in Spain is if you have a rock band or if you have a metal band, they go into a studio, the producer has a bunch of presets already set up, and they're either going to sound like Machine Head or Sepultura, and that's it. They're not going to sound like anybody else. This guy's very old school, and it's funny because a lot of people told me that have worked with him, if, if you're, he's going to drive you crazy because he's a perfectionist. And I said, yeah, but if you listen to what he's produced, it sounds like it was produced either in the States or it sounds as if it was produced in Germany or the UK. It doesn't sound like it was produced in Spain. So, all right, he's a ball buster. But you're getting, you know, he's getting the most out of you. I think that's what you would want as an artist, you know, to stand out and get the best sound possible. So that's what he does you know, on weekends and at nights and, you know, in his free time. He's got a, you know, a nice studio set up. He he owns a company that does, uh, you know, all types of installations of telecommunication, um, telecommunication wiring, whether that's, you know, data cables or telephone lines or satellite dishes or antennas or, or things like that. So he's actually doing the wiring in my new house for all that stuff. And we, you know, started talking about mics, started talking about what different people are using. And I don't know, man, it's just strange that there are people spending, you know, this mic, it sucks because this mic, and I'm going to be talking in euros now because it's the numbers that I have at the top of my head. If I were to go to the States and buy this mic, it would cost me 202 euros. If I buy this through the cheapest possible site here in Spain, and, and it would have to come from Germany, it would, uh, it would cost me 389 euros. That's over $500. This mic in the States, if I'm not mistaken, costs $259, okay? Um, it sucks. They... Fuck you over as much as possible with customs fees and everything else. And and I am so thankful that eBay has now changed their policy. And what they do is you can pay for customs fees beforehand. They ship to England. It takes a little longer for it to get here to Spain. It takes about a week to two weeks longer. But. You don't get raped over the coals like uh, like Spanish Customs. Spanish Customs will charge you upwards. See, here, here's, the perfect, here's the perfect example. I purchased two games off of the uh, Microsoft Xbox uh, market. I bought NHL 2014 and Madden 25. The downloads would not work. Um, EA replaced them for me instead of, you know, we tried the digital route, but they sent a physical copy to me. Spanish Customs made me pay $150 to receive both games. So on top of paying 
eighty dollars for the for 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 each game, which in the states was like sixty or something like that. I still had to pay that other amount on top of that to get the games, and due to the sour taste that they have left in my mouth, I've hardly played those games. You know, I love the Xbox. I mean, I use it more for. Netflix and for Hulu because I think the way that they have it presented on that console is better than the Roku or the Apple TV, which I have both. I'm a fucking uh, technology geek, and to a fault, you know, I throw a lot of money away buying all these different gadgets uh, to find out what they're all about. And, you know, um, I like the way it's set up on, on the Xbox. You can see all of the episodes laid out. The episodes can start one after another, and it's just cool. I, I just think that they, they did a great job with it. I know a lot of people have complained that with Xbox One that they don't you don't have that same experience, but I'm sure that'll be worked in there. Uh, this week I actually su- subscribed to the WWE Network, big wrestling fan, and that has all types of hiccups and... Uh, I'm not legally supposed to get that network here, but I pay a Canadian site some money to uh, basically give me an American DNS server. Since I still have U.S. bank accounts, I can pay via that. And what ends up happening is um, it was funny. The, the site, for the longest time, people were asking since the WWE network was announced, he... Um, he, they, and I'm sorry, I just received a work email and was reading it while I'm speaking. I hate that. It gets you off track. <laughs> but anyway, this is sort of my break time here. But uh, anyway, uh, so so anyway, yeah, they were like sort of saying, uh, well, you know, we're not sure if we're going to carry the network. We'll see if there's demand and blah, blah, blah. And so like on their forum, I wrote, You know, I said, you know, I think this is sort of insulting. If you really do your market research, the WWE makes more money in merchandising than Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and the English Premiership combined. Okay? They had, uh, I saw the figures the other day, within the first hour they had 130,000 people that were trying to sign up for this service, and it completely shut the service down. The people that are setting up the network are the same people that do the um, Major League Baseball network, and they've never seen this type of demand with any other, with any other network. If I'm not mistaken, the numbers that I saw was that over 11 million people signed up for this network uh, in one day. Now, I don't work for Nielsen's. Uh, I'm not, you know, that closely tied into, you know, all these types of uh, ratings type things to know exactly if that's a good number, if that's a bad number. Uh, but I can tell you they've been working all week to try to, Smooth things out because I don't think they expected the demand. Nine ninety nine ninety nine a month. You get every single pay per view they do, which 
uh, WrestleMania, for example, which is the first pay-per-view you'll get as part of this whole deal, usually costs 75 bucks. You're getting it for 9.99, plus you're getting uh, it's something like 100,000 hours worth of content because they have every single pay-per-view that the WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW ever released. Plus, they own the entire catalog of, uh, I believe it's Mid-South Wrestling, um, WCCW, the AWA. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. If you're a wrestling fan, you've got copious amounts of wrestling to watch. You know, and I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's it's fake, it's this and that. It's no different than, I don't know, at least for me, I've always seen it as like a soap opera. Uh, I don't like some of the things that it's evolved into. But at the same time, you know, there's sort of like a fine art. And uh, I've actually been listening a lot to the Steve Austin podcast. And it's great listening to him talk to other wrestlers. Uh, just talk about the business, talk about how they sort of work their way up their up the ranks. And a lot of it reminds me of hearing groups talk about how they work their way up the ranks, how things used to be before, like, the Internet came along and how, you know, I, I just find it interesting, uh, just different parts of psychology and selling, you know, different things or hearing when there was legitimate, as they say, heat between people where people were pissed off and legitimately, you know, trying to mess one another up. Um, there are people that have been killed in the ring, which isn't fake due to accidents. There's the famous story of Bruiser Brody who got knifed in the back uh, in Puerto Rico. Uh, there's a lot of different things. I don't know. It's just cool listening to these stories and, and you know, that's the thing I, 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 I keep telling myself that I want to do this, and this is something that uh, Mark and I have discussed, especially for Talking Metal Digital, is to try to sort of branch out and listen to different podcasts and see different things that would be interesting to sort of bring in to, um, to the network. I think one thing that, for me at least, with the Austin podcast, with Talking Metal, for example is just the stories and just hearing different things just suck me in as a fan. You know, I listen to these things as a fan first. You know, I have a lot of people say, oh, you know, you're a know-it-all. You're this. No, I don't try to come off as a know-it-all. I'm, you know, I just try to absorb information. Sometimes I get my facts wrong, but who doesn't? And, you know, I just try my best to, to try to, you know, bring entertaining things or try to do interviews where I'm not, you know, boring the shit out of people or just trying to not do something that's paint by numbers. Maybe I'm just believing that in my mind and that isn't actually happening, but I try my best at it. You know, I, I, I do try to bring something different, and I do think that it's hard because there's so many podcasts out there. Uh, there are so many artists out there, and when you have a PR person that approaches everyone it's difficult to try to get people to listen to your podcast. So, you know, if you like this show, please leave a comment on, you know, on iTunes. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Subscribe via Stitcher if you have an Android device or a Windows phone. Um, leave comments 
up on the Facebook page. I've tried to become more proactive recently in various groups just to help spread the word. And, you know, maybe I stir the pot a little bit with things. You know, there's been a lot of talk with the um, uh, Kiss Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But, you know, I, I don't know. I have a certain opinion. And being someone that works for a small company and someone that, you know, essentially I'm a project manager and... Uh, While things were good, I was, you know, a part owner in the company, per se. Um, At least I was seen as that. The thing is, a lot of people don't understand business. And when a band gets big, it's all about business. A lot of people can talk about, you know, People can talk about Ian McKay and Fugazi and how they only charge like seven to nine bucks to get in for a show, which is a noble thing to do. But if I'm not mistaken, Ian McKay came from a a well-off family. Um, That said, he has enough of a rabid following that he can fill all those shows. I'm not saying that you know, Kiss is going to turn around and do, you know, $9 tickets at the Garden. But I think there are a lot of misconceptions out there as to what business is like, how a business is run, how that relates to a band, how that relates to trademarks, and all types of things that I think people don't know dick about, and they're all, you know, commenting on it and... I don't know, saying a lot of disparaging things towards, like, Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. And, and hey, look, you know, uh, let's be honest. Yes, the reunion tour, the reunion with Ace and Peter made the band a crap load of money, okay? But to say that the band would have folded and been nothing more than just a theater act, you're losing it. You're, you're, that's so far from the truth. The U.S. is not the only market where KISS is playing. KISS was playing South America and selling out huge stadiums during the Revenge Tour. Okay? Just because they weren't selling in the States doesn't mean they weren't selling other places. Another thing that I looked at their sales figures yesterday, Revenge has sold, since the SoundScan era, more copies than any other studio album, okay? Um, I, I could be wrong with that. I, Destroyer may have sold like 10,000 more copies, but it's not that far off. The other thing is Psycho Circus didn't sell even close to that, and that supposedly had the original lineup. So that goes to show, you know, when we all went out and bought Psycho Circus, we thought that was Gene... Paul, Ace, and Peter. We weren't aware that that was actually Gene, Paul, Tommy Thayer, Bruce Kulick, Kevin Valentine, Ace Frehley, Peter Chris, Carl uh, Cochran, possibly. You know, it, it, <laughs> who knows if we'll ever know, you know? And there are a lot of things that are discussed about the band that, frankly, no one but the people that were there know about, you know? So let's, let's be honest. You know, none of us are ever going to know what happened, you know. I don't think Gene and Paul are completely evil. Are they greedy? Are they looking out for themselves? Yeah, I'd be lying to you to to say, nah, you know, 
I don't think they've ever made a move to, you know, uh, that wasn't in their favor or whatever. But I think that they're, you know, I, I, I see them a lot like Vince McMahon in wrestling. If there's money to be made, I think that they, they go for it, you know. If there's money to be made to bring Vinnie Vincent back into the fold for a tour, let's say, or to write more songs and there isn't going to be drama, I think they'd do it in the drop of a hat. But that's probably not going to happen, you know, after after his track record. The thing with people looking at Peter and Ace is, you know, well, you know, Gene and Paul are making so much more money. Well, getting back to business, you start a business. You have four uh, principal owners in the start. Two of them leave. They come back years later. In any business, you're not expected to sort of, you know, you're lucky if you're lucky if it's like Iron Maiden where Bruce and 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 Adrian Smith came back and they were all more or less on on an even keel where it was as if, you know, no one had left. I think Maiden is a completely different ball of wax, though, uh, with Kiss and given you know the histories that Peter and Ace have had. They handled it differently. Whether that's right or wrong, I mean, that's that's not up to me to decide. But I don't know, man. After reading Peter's book and seeing him throw Ace under the bus, seeing him throw Eric Carr under the bus, seeing him throw I don't know how many people you know under the bus, any anyone that he could, and then the the ultimate thing that gets me is they were only paying me forty thousand dollars a night. Okay, so you're a multi-millionaire. You're a multi-millionaire thanks to being back in the band. I think, you know, again, getting back to economics and getting back to thinking of things in a business sense. Gene and Paul kept the name of the band around, and whether people say, oh, well, they were more popular with Ace and with Peter, you're right. But... I think if you look at it from a business standpoint, how many nights has Peter sold at the Garden outside of Kiss? How did his last solo album do? I haven't even looked at the numbers, but do they compare to Monster or Sonic Boom or Anomaly or Bruce Kulick's BK3? I would guess that it's sold less than any of those. It's probably sold less than, than Gene's Asshole, <laughs> the album, I mean, and um, and Paul Stanley's Live to Win. Y- you know, I, there's just a disconnect at times, and, and, I, and I think it's this way with Peter where it's there. there's just a disconnect with how... Um, with reality, with how he was, yes, a rock, you know, he was huge in the 70s. They were the number one band in the Gallup poll. Beth was voted the song of the year back in 70-whatever. But so was Shake Your Booty. You know, come on. That was a long time ago. It was 30-some-odd years ago, okay? 
He also talks in his book as if he's fucking Neil Peart. You know, come on. And and people say, oh, well, he's my grandmother's age. You know, give him a break. He's Nico McBrain is four years younger than him. Nico McBrain is four times the drummer that Peter Chris is. I don't care. I had someone debating with me. Oh, well, you know, apples and oranges. You know, apples and oranges, different styles. No. Peter can't play his own parts. Look at that Eddie Trunk video, the the 30th anniversary, where he... He in his book bitches about Paul fucking with him with the times and slowing him down, speeding him up. But were Frank Bellow and Bumblefoot slowing him down during that you know performance? It was cool as shit to see him play "Love Her All I Can," but he didn't do one of the fills right. Anton Fig is around his age, uh, maybe a little younger. You hear Anton play whenever he's done, you know. Um, rip it out for example he's hitting those fills i'd gather if they'd play breakout he'd do the same thing uh nico mcbrain is doing much more challenging much more technically difficult playing in iron maiden and and he's not that much younger neil Peart, what he's doing in rush is much more demanding and again he's roughly around the same age he's in his 60s, if I'm not mistaken. Peter just turned 67, I believe. Okay, he's a little older. But he never kept in shape. He never, I mean, uh, I don't know. He just uh, he abused himself all these years. But yet, he talks in his book as if he's still, you know, as if he's John Bonham. <laughs> you know? Um, I'm sorry, but... And it's heartbreaking for me to say all this shit because for me... Peter was an idol growing up. Peter's the reason why I got a Pearl drum set. Peter's the reason why when I remember when I first learned to play, you know, the drums in school and we had concert band when, when you know, um, other people in class got Ludwig drums, I wanted Pearl because Peter Chris played Pearl drums. You know, it's... It was, you know, it was that. And after reading his book, it was like, wow, you know, I can't, I can't believe it. You know, I really, it really left a bad taste in my mouth regarding, regarding him as a person, a musician. And I don't know, maybe some of that was Ratso as, as the ghostwriter, but I don't know, man, just. You know, I made millions of dollars. I pissed it away. Please feel sorry for me. Oh, yeah, I was a cocksucker along the way. Oh, yeah, Ace did this to me. Ace did that. You know, um, I don't know, man. It just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It does not make sense. I was supposed to have an interview <laughs> during this episode, but I just started talking about all this stuff, and we're going to save the interview for the next episode, uh, because it's already edited up. I haven't mentioned who that person is. Uh, up to now, it's actually Glenn Drover. Um, I think we're going to leave the episode as is, just as me, you know, coming back and saying, you know, hey, it's me again. Um, uh, not trying to flounder, not get episodes out. Um, finally, 
doing somewhat well, and hopefully we'll be able to keep all this up. So, uh, yeah, the goal is to put out one episode per week. So hopefully next week you'll hear me with uh, that Glenn Rover uh, episode. Um, in any event, I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in, getting a lot of support via Facebook. Again, tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about Talking Metal Digital, which I help. Uh, it's a stream that I help program. Uh, you can either listen to it off of the homepage on MarsAttacksRadio.com or directly from TalkingMetal.com. Or if you have the Live 365 app installed on your smartphone or tablet, just look up Striegel, S-T-R-I-G-L, one, two, three, and you'll be able to listen. And we're trying to do live shows every Friday night, or at least three Fridays a month. And I'm doing the pre-show beforehand. If you guys want to call in, let us know what you think or whatever. I will be giving out the number from time to time to get you guys on and, and listen and, and get feedback with various things. So, so yeah, there you go. Um, thanks for listening. If you want to know more about Facebook and this and that, you're going to hear about it right now. See you. Thank you for listening to Mars Attacks. To follow the radio show and podcast, like us on Facebook by going to Facebook forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. You'll find us on Twitter also. Follow us at Mars Aries 2005. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, or just go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to download or stream episodes. Or you can just go to the homepage of MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more about the radio show and podcast. This concludes our show.